Hi, I'm Lucy Porter. And I'm Alexi Bolden. And, and this, this is, is Academia. Academia. Why do bad things happen to good people? Have you not read the Bible? Rain falls on the, <laughs> no. the unjust. <laughs> the Old Testament, if you will. <laughs> well, I'm sort of I'm sort of carrying my own cross today. I'm sort of Jesusing today. My computer decided to not turn on. Oh, what did you put on rice? (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of rice. No, but that's, so that's the thing. Yeah. Literally nothing has happened to my computer in days. Nothing has happened to my computer. Weeks even. Nothing. Mm. My computer's been fine. My phone, however, did fall into a toilet a few days ago at a stand-up comedy show called Funny Mondays in a space called the Yoohoo Room, which felt like a personal low. I don't want to ask how you, like, fished it out or, like, what was around the phone, you know, when it fell. Well, no, and and to be clear, it was post-flush. Mm, good, good, so good. So it was good, sort good. of the, the, best, the best time. In the window of dropping your phone in the toilet, I think post-flush is optimal. Pre and post, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. So it was post, it was one of those things where I was putting, I was putting the phone in my back pocket. I was sort of trying to be a girl putting my phone in my back pocket mm-hmm. and I miscalculated. And then said you were a girl who was a fool. And so there's a girl who was fishing my phone out of a toilet at a stand-up comedy club. Oh. And so I put my phone was like fine after that. It just when I got home and I was charging it that night, it was like it popped up with a little message that I hadn't seen before that was like liquid detected, cannot charge. And I was like, <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> so I wasted so much rice. So much rice that I was intending to use as food. Yeah. I had to use as emergency. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was fine. And my phone's working fine now. She's being gorgeous and amazing. And I'm really proud of her. So then for my computer to out of nowhere, just be like, I'm done. That's a sympathy pain. I was telling you about these. This reminds me of when I was in, I went to the ocean with a friend of mine and she had ordered. That a, is such a gorgeous sentence. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I really try to construct. Oh my God. One time Lucy and I were walking, we were leaving Walmart, I think. And I was just reading a billboard that was like on the, the, like, it was like a billboard that had been under about four or five billboards, but they tore down the others. Mm. And so what was mm-hmm. left was a billboard that was probably there years ago that says, Hi, I'm Metaphor. Please meet Extended Metaphor. And I just read that. And a woman who was walking behind us was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> you speak so beautifully. I I just had to say that. And it did feel microaggression-y, but then I was like, oh, maybe. It was a little bit. Yeah. It was a little bit like, you're so eloquent. I've never heard like- a little kind speak like that before. And I just want to say congratulations. <laughs> Good job. And and she kneeled and it was kind of really weird. And she like put her fist up to me and I was like, I'm not, I can't knight you. I don't have, she tried to give you a rose, yeah. and it was sort of like, where'd you get it? Yeah. Where did this come from? Yeah, so that's what, that's what that reminded <laughs> me of. But um, I was in the ocean with one of my friends, and she had ordered this case, this supposedly waterproof case off of, I don't mm-hmm. even, not even Amazon, because I don't, it was like 2015. So I think it might have been like Romwe or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Red bubble. <laughs> yes, literally. So she ordered it, and it advertised itself as waterproof. We get in the ocean, very clearly not waterproof. She's trying to take these beautiful images of us like snorkeling and her phones oh my god because this is also god when the colored iphones were i sound so racist when the colored iphones were (laughs) when the and them colored iphones they have their own cases the iphones of color um the ones that were You know what I'm talking about? IPOC. Literally, but <laughs> IPOC. Um, the one, you remember the ones with like the, 
the pink and red you could choose like what color you yes. wanted yeah yes, so yes. this was like those phones they were not like mm. working at the highest capacity anyway no those were almost like toys they like you could get those in the toy aisle of target super experimental and i don't think it lasted long because mine started glitching and hers obviously yeah. went it, like the second she tried to film something underwater it just like was not working and so we got back to the hotel and we tried to put it yeah. in rice and everything wasn't working and so she's like i don't know what to do because we had half of the trip left still and so i was like you know what let me try something and she gave me her phone and all i did was blow into the charging port and i went fixed it was like fixed <gasps> she could charge it and everything all it needed was somebody to just show it a little love i guess a blow job for a phone yeah, you're magic. You're <laughs> absolute magic, my friend. You know who else is magic? And I think was in a show with magic. Ooh, okay. Tell me more. Our guest today is a really dear friend. I have to say a really dear and fast friend. I met this person a year ago, around a year ago. We did a Christmas play together. And I think that was probably the one of the times we first were like, hey, friend. Um, and now we're in a, yeah. a process show together. And now I can genuinely say, hey, friend. Uh, this person is a fantastic wow. <laughs> comedian and an even more fantastic person. So without further ado, I want to bring on actor, comedian, Max Cantor. What's up, guys? Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Weren't you in a show with Magic? I was in a show led by a magician. There was no magic in said <gasps> show unfortunately but if there was that's such a fun departure for the for the magician to sort of refuse to do magic and that that was the number one question that i got and it was a great show it was a super funny show uh, yeah he's a very talented sketch writer but when i would tell people i'm in the sketch show led up by a magician they would be like oh that's sick you guys are doing tricks and stuff and I'm, nope not a trick to no being a magician is one of those things. It's like you can't run from that identity. Like if you're saying you're a magician, then you sort of have to do magic. Yeah, yeah. Penn and Taylor haven't slept a day in their lives. Any any act no. that could be in a circus, you know what I mean? Like you can't run from that. If you're a yes. clown, if you're a trapeze artist, like people want that always in everything. Yes. You can't then just be like, well, no, I'm doing improv. Like that is so right. debased. Right. Now I have to ask, have you guys like met not people who study like the art of clown, but like clowns, like circus clowns or like yes. party clowns? Have you people like admit to that when they're not in makeup? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. I did all growing up, I would I did a circus camp. And so I have a lot of friends who like <gasps> did Barnum and Bailey, did Cirque, like did yes. the whole shebang. Yes. So yes. <laughs> I love when the guest reveals the reason we've brought them on the podcast. It's like it's a surprise to us, it's a surprise to them very often. Yes. But it's like when we learn that the guest went to circus camp, it's like great, we we know what we're here for. Yeah, I've heard of science camp, church camp. What on earth happens at circus camp? I want to know before we get there, I want to know wh- how you found it. Yeah. So uh between 4th and 5th grade, I went to a different uh week-long summer camp for every single week in the summer. It was a nightmare. It was brutal because it was so hard to make friends because like you would meet people on Monday. You didn't know them. Tuesday, acquaintances. Wednesday, friends. Thursday, yay. Friday, I will literally never see you again. So it was a very tough summer. But uh, I got signed up for circus camp. 
a bunch of weirdos just like me. We were all together. And I was like, yeah, this is where I want to be. And so at circus camp, they they teach kids uh, circus skills. So like I learned how to unicycle yeah. when I was in fourth grade. I learned how to juggle. It took me a while to learn how to juggle. Uh, I was a late bloomer uh-huh. juggler because it took me like about a year <laughs> to learn how to juggle. It was such a pain. Um, but then, yeah, I, uh, I was a camper and then I became a counselor. And uh, I did it every <sighs> summer for like 13 or 14 straight years. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that glow up. You leave fourth grade. You're sort of like figuring out who you are. You show up for fifth grade and you're like, I can unicycle yeah. now. Come at me. Yeah. Ladies, yeah. ladies, where are you? Because I can <laughs> Line you. That's, up. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> you approach them on your unicycle, which usually works. And you oh. wonder why they run sometimes. Oh yeah. What has come out of circus camp, I guess? Like, what were you hoping to be in a circus one day? Uh, I never went through that phase where I was like, I'm going to do this professionally, but I have multiple mm-hmm. friends. Uh, right now, one of my friends uh, and his wife tour the country. Uh, he's an incredible unicyclist um, and juggler. She's the same, also does a little uh, acro. Uh, but he went to like a circus wow. college and everything in Philadelphia. Another friend who did the same thing, went to the circus college and now tours around the US. Um, I have one friend that works for Cirque in Asia. So he tours around all of Asia and he's a professional clown. Um, and I met him when I was like a little kid. So it's just so cool to see these people who like pursued it professionally doing the thing, you know? Yeah. And they're like, and Max yeah. is doing comedy in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, listen, we're all following our dreams, right? That's honestly brilliant parenting of yeah. like one yeah. summer, our kid's going to try a shit ton of different things, yeah. figure out what you like. Because fourth grade into fifth grade is that exact age of like, <laughs> what am I passionate about? Totally. That's brilliant. Yeah. The yeah. week after I did circus camp, I did this outdoor camp that was nature. And I just have this Ooh. vivid memory of standing on the first day in the middle of a field and being like, no, 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 because that was not for me. I need to be indoors no. in the gymnasium juggling. That was my calling. Ideally under a tent yeah. and not a camping tent, yeah. Yeah. a circus tent. It needs AC. There's no AC. I'm out. <laughs> that is so interesting. Were there any other camps that stick out to you though? Um, I did aquarium camp at the Georgia Aquarium, which was super cool. Um, but I did that Very one two cool. weeks in a row and it was the same itinerary both weeks. So Mm-mm. the first day of the second week, I was like, I get it. It's a stingray. We've seen it. We've touched it. I get it. Kind of, <laughs> exactly. I, like, I can give this to Once you've seen one stingray, you've seen I've a seen million. All. Am I right? Quite literally. <laughs> so that one stuck out to Those me. counselors had to be so confused of like, why is Max back? Right. Right. Why he already did this. As he returned. And for, for aquarium camp, I ended up hanging out with the counselors because I was just so jaded. Yeah. By day seven total of aquarium camp, I got the gist. Recycling's good. Save the planet. Like I'm a fan of yeah. that. You don't have to. <laughs> you have to be on with that message. So yeah, aquarium camp. But that one was cool. I will say. Can we talk about counselor culture for a second? <laughs> Absolutely. Because I think <laughs> oh. with with counselors, like it's one of those things where whatever camp environment you're in, you're like, the counselors are adults. Mm -hmm. And then the second you have a little bit of perspective, you're like, they're just bigger kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's such a rude awakening. We're just trying our hardest not to lose a kid. That's it. That's (laughs) our goal is we start the day with 56. We end the day with 56. That's a successful day. Hopefully. Yeah. Finger but problem. did you experience as as somebody who went through clown camp or sorry circus camp um and then transitioned into being a counselor 
did you feel a little bit of power with that of like, I'm cool. I have command of this space. Mm -hmm. Like, was there a bit of ego in that? Surprisingly, no, I didn't feel any any type of power. Truthfully, what I wanted is I was like, look, I went through this experience. It helped me discover my voice in a very impactful way at a young Uh. age. I want to gift that to the kids who are going through the program now. Like I never want to phone it in because the counselors for me oh my God. never phoned it in because that's why I'm here because they made an effort. Um, so I was very uh, determined to give those kids the same experience that I had. And it was so cool because I, I was there for so long. I have multiple campers who I knew as like third graders, fourth graders who like have now graduated college. And I'm still in touch with them. Yeah. I know them. And I literally got to watch them grow up. Um, and that was such a cool perspective. So uh, that was a very oh, – That's amazing. Uh, in my circus camp experience. I was one of the leaders in our pre-orientation program in college. So I did this pre-orientation program when I was a freshman coming into college. It's called Deacon Camp for all those Wake Forest heads out there. Go Deeks. Um, And it was basically just like, welcome to college. Here's a little bit of school spirit. Here's some cool upperclassmen who are going to lead you through like a welcome program. And so then that was so meaningful to me that I became a counselor. And I have never in my life felt cooler than when I was a counselor for Deacon Camp. Mm -hmm. It was like unparalleled levels of like admiration and respect that I didn't really experience anywhere else. Like I, um, I redefined the lip sync battle. It was kind of that vibe. It was like where my personality really could shine. Mm-hmm. I, off topic, but Lucy recently showed me the uh, demon deacon mascot. And I did have a yes. nightmare. I had three six in succession um, about that man. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's <laughs> just a guy. It's just a man with a top hat who rides a motorcycle. And no pupils. There's some interesting lore behind it. I'll go into some Wake Forest history for a second, if I can. Um, <laughs> That's why Wake I'm Forest here, was originally. Honestly, so. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. The podcast is called Academia. If I don't talk about the lore of my academic institution, what am I doing? Yeah. Basically, Wake Forest was founded as a Baptist college, and it ran as a Baptist school for many years. And so there were a lot of like deacons involved in the systeming of Wake Forest. And there was one basketball game against Duke, and one of the like local newspapers reported it as like Wake Forest fought so hard in this game; those deacons were playing like they were demons. And at the time, the Wake Forest mascot was a tiger. That's where we got the school colors of black and gold was from that original tiger mascot. And a lot of Wake Forest traditions are rooted in being petty. And so they read that article and they're like, great. Our new mascot is the demon deacon. So our mascot now is just a guy who's quote unquote, a deacon who rides around on a motorcycle. That's kind of cool. That is fast. Yeah, right? Yeah. I would love to have my my uh, traditions be rooted in pettiness because you, you called me something. So many uh, of them are. We like TP the quad when you win a game that was rooted in pettiness because like another school was going to try and come TP our quad. And we're like, we'll do it first. <laughs> and so we do that now after every game. It is like, I fucking love Wake Forest. Go Deeks. Go Deeks. <laughs> I think that's a good point, Lucy, though, of... Um, 
cult- counterculture being like, or like Max, that was a really mm-hmm. sweet sentiment of like you, it meant so much to you that you want to also bestow that to somebody else. Yes. I think I've only been a part of like two programs um, that I like experienced as a youth and then wanted to be a part of as like an older <laughs> youth of like wanting to impart. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, this changed my life. This program changed my life. Um, and I would love to like have that happen for some kids as well. And I think the one that scarred What were those programs, Alexi? It's this program called the Academy. Um, I started doing it when I was in high school, and it genuinely came at such a beautiful time in my life where I needed guidance. Um, And the person who was a creator and mentor of the program became my mentor for the entirety of high school and then through college. And she and I, every time I go back home, we get lunch together. We get dinner together. Um, She really helps me find who I am. And then uh, the other program is like soccer programs. Um, So when I was a youth Mm -hmm. doing soccer camps, um, it always felt so cool having because we because we like were doing club soccer. We'd have coaches from all over the world um, come do camps for us. So having um, coaches who have played for like U17 like teams for their um, country and being able to be like, holy moly, one day like I'll be able to do that. I never did because I would. I'm here now, but but like when I was in high school <laughs> doing camps for like the younger kids in our in our club, or I was it was so much fun seeing them try to get coordination of their limbs at nine years old, and I was like, I probably look just like that, yeah. whirling around the soccer field. But yeah, oh, that's so cute. Those are my programs. But it, uh, the one that <laughs> let me know I didn't want to be um, in this group any longer was the Girl Scouts. Those Max, I mm. completely understand yes. what you're about the outdoors. I was. Yeah in the Girl Scouts for, I think, five, six years. Um, and I went, like, all the way up the rankings. And being a camp counselor is another level of, like, you love the outdoors. You freaking love it out here. Because, like, a daddy long mm-hmm. is crawling on you and you're not flinching. I am gone. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't understand nature. I can appreciate how it looks. Like, I value it. Totally. I don't have to be a part of it, though. There's no, yeah. there's no part of me when I see a mountain that I'm like, I want to be on top of that. Like I, it just doesn't exist in me, but I can go, Oh, that's a nice looking hill. Like, wow. What a hill. Yes, I don't have to go touch it. That's fair. And that means you have the temperature has to be so precise for me to enjoy the outdoors that it's like, once it, once it hits that exact, like I would say 68 degrees, I'm outside. Yeah. But before or after then, absolutely not. That's fair. I feel like 75 to 78 is really my threshold. And it, like, if I can be in the shade mm. is another factor. And then the other factor. Oh, absolute shout out to the concept of shade. Shout out. We love her. Huge invention. The only thing I, and I know that we can't not, you know, have this happen, but if bugs were not at mm. all a part of the ether, I would be outside constantly. Yes. However, the little 100%. bugs that disintegrate the second you, you touch them ruin my day every time there's no need max there's absolutely no need i can't do bugs can't do them nope (laughs) thank you so someone asked you to kill a bug if someone asked me to kill a bug yeah like i would kill it but i would prefer not to Mm. be the one anywhere near it Hmm. yes i'm the person and i say this with zero shame to tell the story um (laughs) i was at home i'm an only child (laughs) I'm an only child to see my parents. Um, This happened uh, during COVID. So I was living at home during this time. And my mom calls from the kitchen. Uh, Me and my dad were in the living room. My mom calls from the kitchen. She's like, oh my God, there's a cockroach. So my house 
is in kind of like a forested area. Um, and so we would get like roaches, spiders, the whole to do. So she calls this. My dad goes into the kitchen. I stand up on the couch because <laughs> it's, not, it's not me. So I'm just like standing there and I hear like clap, right? He takes care of it. They both walk in to the living room and my mom's like, are you standing on the couch right now? Like, Hell yeah, I am. That thing's not getting me. Yeah. No way. No. I have no problem admitting that. None. That's that's good because I am also – well, not good, but like if you can muster up the courage to do it because you live in Chicago now, like it's bound to happen at some point that you're going to see a roach and you mm-hmm. have to kill it, Max. I know. I know. it. It's one of my deepest fears. <laughs> luckily, luckily, I have not – I've had a couple bugs in my apartment, not a cockroach. Thank God. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah, knock on wood. That's Armageddon. The day that comes – Lord bless me, because it's <laughs> that's gonna be a hard day. Come down from the heavens, because I am not. The day, that, the day that happens, I move. Yeah, yeah, I'm out. I burn it to the ground. We start over. Quite simply, that's <laughs> funny because my college dorm was mad old. It was the first dorm building in like the campus, um, the the hall that we lived in my freshman year, and it was like notorious for for cockroaches because the dining hall was across the um, the alleyway from our. Like it was, it was the next storm over, and I hate bugs. I hate bugs. And my mm. boyfriend at the time, uh, I had a cockroach in my closet, and I was like, "You have to come kill it. I cannot get down from my college bunk bed." And he refused. He was like, "I'm a pacifist. I can't kill bugs. It's against my nature to kill bugs. I I, I can't cause violence." I was like, "This is the last day that we have to speak." <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm under the rule of like I would never kill a bug outdoors. That's their territory. I've right. entered into your home now. One hundred percent. My space though, like I'm I'm watching TV. I got Hulu on. Like this is not your time. This is my time, and I <laughs> need to next time. Reclaim, I need to reclaim my space and time. So you pay the price. That's you pay the price yeah. for your life. I'm not totally. I'm not going to go out of my way to be like, oh, an ant hill. Let me let me like light it on fire. Let me pour water on. It. Like I'm not like. No, absolutely. I would never. Even if I saw an ant like on the sidewalk, I'd never be like smash. That's messed up. I wouldn't do that. That's because you can't out. You can't smash an ant. You can smash an ant. You don't know what you can absolutely smash an ant. You shouldn't because then you'd have the remains on your shoes and that's gross. That's a fact. Well, have you seen the movie Ant Bully? Ant Bully? No. This sounds so familiar. I feel like I remember seeing the animation for that and being like, no, not for me. Okay, well, it's based off the entire premise that this kid is bullied his entire life. He's like in fifth grade. And so the only person smaller than him. He should have gone to circus camp. Yeah. I'm saying. He wouldn't have been bullied then. Um, he, the only person, oh, the thing smaller than him is ants, our ants. And so he like kicks an anthill in his front yard and he like, is like, man, frick this. I like, let me pick on this anthill. And so the ants unionized and one of them like came into his room at night and poured like a serum in his ear that made him shrink down to the size. Ah! Of so then he learned to like be like an ant or learn to work as part of a system. And then he got, got bigger and like, was like, Hey, bullies, we don't have to do this. And that is the point of the movie is that like, it's just a cycle of us picking out things that can't fight for themselves and we have to stand up sure. to the system. 
I have a question. When he was turned small, does he stay mm-hmm. as a boy yeah. or does he turn into an ant? He stays as a boy. That's crazy. Oh. Hey, watch it. It's really But does good. he have the like ant strength or is he just a boy who is small? He's a boy who is small because like that then it becomes like he was picking on the ants and now the ants can pick on him. Because you know ants can like oh. three hundred times, you know, their body weight and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So but ants are like psychopathically crazy. Like yes. that was that was an insane statement for me. Why? <laughs> to say psychopathically crazy, that's <laughs> like syntactically. You just not really anyway. meant it. It's okay. You just emphasize it. It was like an exclamation point of the sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thanks, you guys. I feel better about it now. You know what I would feel better about? Moving on to the next segment, Max, you're talking so much sense, so much sense, but we have to know if you mean it, you know, by uh-huh. giving, by giving you the famous IQ test. Mm. Now, Max, yes, we know that you know that we know that you know that IQ tests are rooted, based, born from eugenics. Mm. And we here at Academia are not. Nope. No. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. We we tested. And so (laughs) today we're going to give you our IQ test based out of friendship and kindness in our own um, merits of academia. So without further ado. Smarts. Smarts. Love it. We'll take it away. Max, can you quantify how much luck is in one serving of Lucky Charms? Yes. Um, I think it depends on the number of marshmallows contained within. So more than a lot of marshmallows, two thumbs up, uh, less than a little marshmallows, half a thumb down. Hmm. Totally. Max, The Fault in Our Stars is a book written by John Green. What is a book written by John Blue? Um. The collaboration of the planets. Whoa! I read. Humble brag. I read. Wow. Matt, <laughs> we all know who wants to be a millionaire, but have we also considered that how and why might also want to be millionaires? Yes. Mm. Mm. Okay. It sounded like a yes or no question, so I say yes. Whatever you think it is. Yes. <laughs> Max. Two rights don't make a wrong. Two screenwriters make a what? Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. Max, if a table has four legs, how many knees does it have? That's a great question. And I'm thank honestly, thank God someone addressed it. Because the answer is obvious. I can't believe it's taken this long. It took, what, 39 episodes? Is that what it says? Episode 39 (laughs) episodes, Alexi, for someone to bring this up. Uh, The answer is, of course, four. Hmm. Wow. All right, Max, final question. Mm. Everyone knows that you say cheese in photos. But what do you do if you're lactose intolerant? You simply can't ever have your photo taken unless you have lactate. Hmm. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> wow. So Max, that was brilliant. You passed. Oh, thank God. I, I'm not going to lie. I did find the Quizlet. So I mm. did study. <laughs> God. All right. That's well, okay. it's on us for not eradicating those resources. Yeah. Guys, it's truly. never cheating. It's just using your resources. If you're doing more work to cheat than to actually study, 
good on you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's, absolutely. Now, Max, we here at Academia, we set out to answer one question and one question only. And that is, what has Academia ignored for too long? I'm glad you brought it up. Originally, I was going to say Ant Bully, mm-hmm. the movie. But now, <laughs> not about that anymore. Um, today I would like to discuss the sandwich. All right. Absolutely. You may. Absolutely. You may at one cost. What? The sandwich. What? Okay. You're saying sandwich, and in my mind, the, the immediate first image that's coming is, um, you've watched Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Have you seen Lilo and Stitch 2? Mm, probably. Years or, ago. Alexi, I know where you're going with this, this and this sandwich? is nuts. Well, let, let me see. So <laughs> in Little and Stitch 2, experiment 6-2, maybe like something, which is like the supposed to be the exact opposite of Stitch, is like released. Uh-huh. And he loves sandwiches. And he loves sandwiches so much that they made a Disney game out of him. So the second that you say sandwich, I think of that Disney game where you have to stack um, ingredients for his sandwich. Totally. Uh, a classic Scooby-Doo sandwich, basically. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That qualifies as a sandwich. I would agree. What I find interesting with this is that there is there is a lot of sandwich rhetoric that I find to be trite and annoying. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of uncovered sandwich rhetoric <laughs> that like we can absolutely dive into. Because you say you say, okay, what are we not talking about? We're not talking about the sandwich. My mind immediately goes to all those people who are like <laughs> Is a hot dog a sandwich? Mm. And then it's like very, that very BuzzFeed. Totally. And that to me is hell on earth. But I do think there's a lot to be unpacked of like the cultural impact and significance of a sandwich. Mm -hmm. I firmly believe the sandwich is a perfect food. Um, I think it's the the best, simply the best food ever created. Um, Uh. I also think it's an umbrella term. Um, I know this is diving into the rhetoric that you just rude. I know, and that's okay. It 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 is a okay. term, and and I I when I thought earlier today that I would discuss the sandwich, I was like, I bet they're going to ask me about the hot dog because anytime I tell people <laughs> I like sandwiches, they're always like, "What about a hot dog?" A hot dog is not a sandwich. It falls under the sandwich umbrella. It is not a sandwich. It's more of a taco unless you rip the bun in half, in which case, it is a sandwich. That's how. And like, for the love of God, can a hot dog not just be a hot dog? Mm, it totally can. Why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? I don't, I don't, I don't know that anyone's not making it a hot dog. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> making that argument. That's a new argument. That's fascinating. Was a hot dog a hot dog? Yeah. That was like the big thing of my senior year where people being like, um, uh, a hot dog is a hot dog a sandwich. And there's also the Is water wet? Yes. It, like, it's yes. so nothing. Mm. Yes. Um, are we going to graduate? You know, questions like that. And <laughs> also, there's a quote in Steven Universe. Um, what that, happened to those four kids who disappeared? Yeah, like. Those were sort of top of mind. <laughs> all of these questions were circling my high school. <laughs> um um, there's like this quote in Steven Universe, like Greg Universe says, um, whenever Steven like starts freaking out and he's like, hey, 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 if every hamburger were perfect, we wouldn't have hot dogs. And so that's why I think maybe there's an argument for, um, I think the origin, of, I, I think if that, for that quote to like be true, the origin of a hot dog has to be like a fucked up mm-hmm. hamburger. Otherwise it's just <laughs> yeah, right. what he says. Um, 
And I think they're two things entirely. They're they're completely separate. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I they just both are like sold at sports games. Yeah, and I don't want to derail from your topic, Max. So we're, now we're talking about hot dogs, but I grew up thinking that hot dogs were just horse meat, like horse butt, and I don't know if that's untrue. Oh. I also don't know if that's untrue, and I would hate to put out a lie for the Oscar Mayer Corporation to try to shut me down and silence mm-hmm. me. No, thank you. And they they listen diligently. I've heard. That's what they I've heard. Every <laughs> podcast that says the sandwich because they know we're going to get to the hot dogs. That was the warning I got when when I got your email mm. at the very bottom. Alexi was like, "Do not mention Oscar Mayer. Do yeah, not mention like, Oscar Mayer. They're huge fans." they pay us a lot of money (laughs) i can't elaborate on how i know this Mm -hmm. but i will say something that is true and we just sort of have to let that be (laughs) okay okay no follow-up questions i know that there are people who work for prince harry and Meghan markle whose entire job it is is to listen to podcasts read tweets any media that mentions their names that is their entire job is to just comb through media where they're mentioned and be like is it good or is it bad and that's it they must hate ao3 and fan fiction websites (laughs) right (laughs) wow so i wouldn't be surprised if oscar minor oscar meyer has a similar functioning position I That's would be surprised fair. for Oscar Mayer to have that much money to, to like hire just a guy to comb through things. Or a girl, Alexi, or they. Or a non-binary individual. Like, you're right. Oscar Mayer is <laughs> in the 21st century. We have to keep remind, remembering that. Thank you. But one thing I think about sandwiches is sometimes, I don't know, I and this is completely my bias. Um, so mm-hmm. I think one of the first sandwiches when I was able to cook for myself that I made was a peanut butter and jelly Dorito sandwich. Have Jesus you- Christ. What? Huh? How many years old of you? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually like eight or nine. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I said when I was first able to make food for myself. You think at 20 years no, old? I interpreted that as like when I moved out and I was on my own. Uh, sure, 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 sure. sure. because people have different ideas and understandings. <laughs> okay, so when you were eight, cool. Yes, okay. I made this peanut butter, jelly, and Dorito sandwich. And I do have to say it was smackadelicious, and I don't want to speak on behalf of anybody. What? Else, but it was delicious, sweet and savory. Where did you Where did you encounter this idea? Because that doesn't just pop up in your head. It, it did. Me and my cousins, we, we made um, <laughs> a lot of things that I probably weren't edible or digestible. Yeah. Like um, a fruit salad comprised of only sugar and whipped cream. That's oh, not yum. fruit. There's no. <laughs> That's a really good point, Max. That's a really good point. You try telling an eight-year-old that. Yeah, just just go up to them. And be like, I'm sorry. Why did you Why did you call it a fruit salad? Have you realized that you can label anything anything and it can be whatever you say it is? Okay, nihilism, calm down. Okay, Aristotle, what? Socrates, if you will, the Socratic method. I'm questioning why, why, why to everything that I encounter. Why is it a fruit salad? Because there's fruit present, psych, because I call it that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Max, now I have to ask you to kind of 
you said sandwich, and the only thing running through my mind is potbelly. So I, I want to ask you if can you oh. rate Chicago, like not just Chicago, because you're from like a pretty big city. Um, mm. So can you rate like sandwich shops or like places you've had the best sandwiches? A hundred percent. My favorite sandwich shop in Chicago is a Italian grocer called Bari, located in the West Loop. B A R I. Love them. Obsessed with them. Uh, I went there for my birthday last year. That was my like big thing. Oh my god. I was like, I'm going to go there for my birthday. I'm going to get a sandwich and I'm going to go home. And that's exactly what I did. And it was awesome. Um, oh my God. Stunning. So that's my favorite. I was also craving a sandwich on my birthday this year. It's the perfect food. I was like, I need to go to a deli and just get a big ass sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Bari does it so well, especially if you love like Italian sandwiches. So my favorite type of sandwich is like, mm. cold cuts veggies um i absolutely yes. despise mayonnaise i think mayo <gasps> is the devil's condiment uh it has no reason to be on a sandwich however i have an asterisk oh at the end of the statement i have tricked my brain into believing aioli is not mayonnaise <laughs> and i was about to say i was about to say <laughs> if there's aioli and i see that on the menu your I, hipster swill it, it, listen you gotta do what you gotta do Sometimes a sandwich is simply too dry and it needs an aioli. It needs mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Uh, but at least aioli is flavored with something else. There's garlic, there's pepper, there's yes. mustard, there's a, a mixture. Straight white mayonnaise is just ugh. It's wet. <laughs> straight white mayonnaise is <laughs> such a good autobiography title. <laughs> For my straight white man writing memoirs about how hard it is. Straight white mayonnaise. It's it, it honestly could be. Uh, it, it could that's be. a solo show right there. Great white mayonnaise. <laughs> I guess because that's kind of blasphemous. Mayonnaise was what makes a sandwich for me. Like genuinely, totally is like the key ingredient to having a good sandwich is having mayonnaise. So what about the mayonnaise though makes it like a a a, a good sandwich then? So my go-to sandwiches are usually like turkey, um, provolone, lettuce, tomato, mm. and then mayonnaise because it is like the it's like everything else is kind of kind of dry and then you want to like wet it a little bit and it has that tangy flavor that like complements the turkey. Yeah. So I'm like. I often want it squirting out of the sides of the sandwich. I want it lathering oh, my bread. And aioli for me is only good on a burger. Like I don't want that on like a deli sandwich at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But what about you? I do you think, think mayo is like all time support player. <laughs> like it is there. <laughs> it's there to uphold what's so great about all the other elements included. Mm-hmm. The mayonnaise isn't necessarily a star on its own. But when it's added into a team dynamic, my God, does it shine? Yeah, MVP, <laughs> most or MSP, most supporting player. See, yes, you can have mustard <laughs> though. Mustard does the same thing. The mustard same is thing. far too tangy. Mustard is taking it a step. Hard further. disagree. Yeah. What with me or with Max? Yeah, with who? No, with Max. I'm always on your oh. side. I support you forever and always. I'm the guest. You have to take my rule. Max only signed up for this because he thought he wasn't going to be alone. <laughs> mustard. Uh, I'm a big. I'm a big fan of mustard. It took me a while to become a big fan, but I. I. I think mm-hmm. it makes sandwiches better. Um, however, uh, red wine vinegar is my condiment of choice. Totally on a sandwich. Yeah. And Lila, I, too. What kind of sandwiches are you eating, brother? Because I have never encountered red wine vinegar and been like, yes, put it on. 
Yeah. Oh, so you've never. Oh, you've never a little olive oil and vinegar. Oh, with like an Italian blend seasoning. Uh, yes. I'm yes. like a Philly sandwich. I can see that. On with a Philly cheesesteak. Mm, yeah. Put it on. No, you can't have vinegar on a Philly cheesesteak. And why not? If anything, for that, I would want an au jus. Yes. What are you I, saying to me? I right can now? agree with that. I can agree with that. I think a Philly cheesesteak, though, is almost wet enough on its own. Like, you don't need, ugh. Totally. Uh, one time I had out. a family friend who put mayonnaise on a Philly cheesesteak, and that was yes. ungodly. That was a sin. It's cheesy mm. enough. It doesn't need a condiment. It does. I, so my feelings are like obviously the beef, the provolone, and then um, maybe the onions, and mm-hmm. then mayonnaise, and then mushrooms. Oh, mushrooms is a great call. Oh, yum. Yeah, That's right? Right? Yes, I'm with you on that. Alexa, you're a genius. You thank you, thank you. <laughs> mayonnaise, though, I'm out. I'm out. You put, you put mustard on it instead? No, I don't put any condiment on Philly cheesesteak. Philly cheesesteak doesn't need a condiment. Mm. I stand by this. You can and you can hey stand by me. So what's the second stop? You have Bari's. What's next? Yes, yes, Bari in Chicago. Um, that's that's my go-to sandwich shop here. Um, in Atlanta though, so I'm from Atlanta. My favorite sandwich shop down there is a place called Baldino's. And truly, Baldino's. Yeah, Baldino's is top tier. It's what every sandwich aspires to be. Uh, they just do it so well there. And the first time I was ever introduced to Baldino's every year for Christmas to thank their customers. Like on the 22nd, 23rd, they just make giant sub sandwiches and just give them away yeah. for free. And yeah. you can go and they'll cut them up into like super small, si- like bite-sized pieces and they'll just keep handing them out to the community to be like, thank you for supporting us this past year. I was born early October. My parents brought me to Baldino's that December. So the first time <laughs> I went to Baldino's, I was- Beautiful. Maybe, or not, not two, two and a half months-ish. Yeah, and that was my first time being exposed to it, and then growing up went every single year. It's the best. Max is gonna have his wedding at Baldino's. That's stunning. I had my for when I graduated high school. I had the uh, that they catered <laughs> the party. Beautiful. Yeah, there. We also had an annual sandwich phenomenon, <laughs> but for us, it was tied to the high school baseball team. Oh. And so, like, colloquially, they were known as just, like, baseball subs. It was, like, the big fundraiser for the baseball team every year. They would sell these, like, gorgeous, pretty, like, bare bones, but delicious sub sandwiches. Mm. And so you would have to find your dealer like the 16 year old who's playing baseball that season and you would then stock up on baseball subs and we would just like keep them in the fridge in the garage and like ration them out throughout the year and that's delicious we we kind of had that for chocolate bars there was this one um yes yeah it's like i don't know if you know yes. the same package i'm talking about like if we had the same brand but it was like a like the tonys i don't even know it was mostly white with like um mm. like a like a the, like, it would have like a ribbon of color at the end that signified which uh, bar it was. They had this like yes um, caramel nut one that was to die for and only would come around when like fundraising season happened for sports. Mm. But never yes. again would they- We had that. We would sell them for field hockey. And I remember at one point they were like banned from classrooms because it was too distracting, like doing the deals of like, like I would carry around like a little tote bag mm-hmm. full of chocolate bars yes. and then be handing cash off during the day. Yeah. Wild. Oh my we gosh, never teaching kids how to sell drugs, basically. Hey. Yes. You do what you need to do to get back. I, I'm with you. 
It's not <laughs> none of my business. <laughs> no, circus camp, we fundraise all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This leads me to a very important question oh God. in the discussion of sandwiches. How much should a sandwich cost? Oh, fascinating. That's a fascinating question. Um, I think it depends on the type of sandwich. If I typically gravitate towards like when I go buy a sandwich, like an Italian sandwich. So, you know, the the like a cold cut sandwich. Um, I would say Mm -hmm. for a 12 inch sub, I would pay eight to $11 for that. Okay. The way I had eight to 11 written down on my piece of paper. That's the correct. A sandwich is eight to $11. Totally. Mm-hmm. For me, my experience with sandwich is sandwiches um, being from the place that I'm from. Iowa. Um, I mostly know chain <laughs> like places. My experience mm-hmm. growing up was like Subway, Jimmy John's. Um, Giordano's had this fantastic sub that was really complimentary with spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, I'm trying to think. You never think of sandwiches as being complimentary to spaghetti. And I think we should be thinking in those terms more. I want a Panera pick two type vibes, but with a portion of spaghetti and half a sandwich. Yep. And I will say as a Panera girly, Panera has uh. no idea how to layer a sandwich. They give it to you. And no, no, no. Sticks together by the grace of God. <laughs> You're little, so right. It's a little packaging that they give it's you. It's a slice of cheese and a prayer. Yes. That's what they're doing at Panera. They definitely throw the ingredients in there. And like, if they're in the right order, fantastic. If not, the bread is there. The ingredients are there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> figure it out mm-hmm. for yourself but so i'm saying that like maybe a sandwich should only cost i would say upward 12 dollars. like i wouldn't pay more for a, like a cold cut sandwich than that um and our burgers burgers are sandwiches under the umbrella burgers are sandwiches i agree yeah. and fun fact i just read recently that in the uk so it, here in the in the u.s uh the government i think it's the fda are they the yeah, that makes one? sense. Yeah, they're the food one. Food and drug um, administration. They have a definition for a sandwich. It's like <gasps> a certain percentage of bread and a certain percentage of meat. Like they have defined it. And in the UK, their FDA have decided hamburgers are not sandwiches because it has to be cold. <gasps> is how they define the sandwich. Oh my god! Yeah, is that fascinating? So I didn't realize you were getting legal about it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So a meatball sub wouldn't be a sandwich there because that's warm. Yeah. They, I guess they would classify it as, uh, well, yeah. I, I don't know how they would define it. Maybe meatball. I mean, they would probably call it a meatball They haven't sub. gotten it yet. They haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> yeah, it's in process over there. It's well, <laughs> Not to mention that, you know, meatballs are. So I think I knew a person who grew up on like a farm where they raised animals to slaughter. Um, and they mm-hmm. were like, the meat you think you get is never 100% that meat. It's always a combination meat, but they'll like, won't tell you that like, yeah, it's pork or yeah, it's beef. Um, and that really upset me. But knowing that like, um, Mm -hmm. um, Europe has like different standards for food than we do, or like what could be classified as food. I wonder if they're like, don't even have, like, I guess what we would call meatballs or like maybe like turkey meatballs or like, that's why it's not even a sub. I'm just breaking down like their FDA because they have things that, are not allowed that we eat here all the time. Um, frosted food. I love you, and I would never ever fact check you on our podcast yeah. that we host together. But there are absolutely meatballs in Europe. I know, but I'm wondering like what they're like what they're made of, what meat they're made of. 
Okay. Fair. Okay. Or like what percentage of their, like if ours is like a combo meat um, and. Sure. Do they have sure, sure, sure. Okay. I'm back on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it's okay. You need to let me know when I sound crazy on the pod. Because um. <laughs> I'm sort of like Sweden famously has meatballs. Italy famous meatballs. There's no way we came up with meatballs. We haven't come up with a gut meat. Not even pie. <laughs> no. No, not at all. Not got, a chance. What have we come up with? And I don't. I want to say we generously. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Yeah. She said freedom. You said it was freedom. Yeah, you said what have we come up with? I said freedom. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we invented the hot dog eating competition every Fourth of July. We did. No one was doing that. That's huge. That's huge. That's <laughs> iconic. <laughs> Never been done before. Never been done before. That should be on the flag. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of hot dogs instead of stars. So, in terms of like hot dogs, I would buy. The, I would proudly display that flag. <laughs> You know what? I would enlist. I would enlist if that. <laughs> That's what makes me want freedom. Fight for our rights. I have an AK forty-seven that shoots hot dogs instead of bullets. Well, so do the Cubs. Matter of fact, <laughs> I I so back in terms of like um, hamburgers being sandwiches is probably I eat those more than like a cold cut sandwich is um if i'm if i'm going out to buy something because shake shack is fantastic a little burger and a shake however burgers they're the price range for burgers can can vary like anywhere from like eight dollars to like 26 28 depending on where you're going Mm -hmm. yes it's an abomination yes oh you didn't have a fault oh Oh, great like but or and no all right <laughs> I was bringing burgers to the table as a new discussion point. Okay, I also love. Hamburgers. Yes, you're you're dead on. Yeah, and you're so right. It, they they do vary. Um, I will say though, I have no problem paying a lot of money for food. It's something I was just talking to someone oh. today about this. Of like, when it comes to money, if there's like a pair of shoes that costs a lot, no thanks, pass. Mm-hmm. If there's a sandwich or a burger or any type of cuisine that costs the exact same amount, two seconds, I'll buy it. No problem. Yeah. Won't even think twice. $110 for a food. I Yeah, if I want it. If I really want it. Crazy. Absolutely. Okay. Because when you're saying- If it's a meal, sure. Huh. One single, if it's like, if it's like this piece of steak is $110, I'm like, well, what are we doing here? <laughs> but if it's like this piece of steak with like a gorgeous reduced mashed potato and a side of these like charred vegetables, like if it's, if it's a meal, if it's an event, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's $110. That's so crazy. Cause I'm the exact opposite. Cause I'm like, I can get full anywhere. I can get full off of like $6. <laughs> I cannot find that dress at another store. I cannot find those shoes online anywhere else. But Alexi, I would go as far to say that you you look at food through like an energy philosophy instead of like an indulgence philosophy. Yeah. I think that's like very true for you. And so of course you're not spending a lot of money on like a stunning sandwich. That's fair. I do. Because yeah. a similar sandwich is that's going to be less is going to be the same to you. That is that is genuinely very fair. Because when people are like, oh my God, my this burger, ha- they have the best burger at this place. And I'll eat it and I'll be like, that's definitely a fantastic burger. 
you know who else is fantastic? Burgers, Shake Shack, or McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, are they paying you right now? Are, are they paying? <laughs> she's wired. She's she's, she's out, man. Just, just just they don't like it when you address it. They like it when it sounds natural. So I'm trying to be interjecting it throughout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been waiting for this topic. To Organic influencer. Yeah. There are. I will say there are food combos that I will spend money on. Like like a burger and a shake like that is enriching or um god what else like spaghetti and a sandwich like those like if you're getting it from like a zio Giano's or an italian place like that girl where are you getting spaghetti and a sandwich zio john do you guys not have zio Giano's in your hometowns i don't think so but that sounds so up my alley zio z zio space Giano's, <laughs> as in john with an o on the end Zio Giannos. I just I thought you were saying Giordano's in a very like fancy way. I'm not. Wait, I, that's what I thought. You're not Zio Giannos. Seems not. No. <laughs> or for that's an Iowa thing. You guys know Fazoli's. I have heard of Fazoli's. Yes. Okay. There's a- when I was about twelve, my friend was in a local commercial for <gasps> Fazoli's, and that was sort of like, whoa, she's famous. Okay, now, I, this would not be a sandwich in, in Europe, but here, have you guys ever tried um, garlic bread, spaghetti, and garlic bread? That's a fantastic sandwich. Of course. Yeah. Ugh. That sounds like everything I've ever dreamed. Mm-hmm. You've never done that? No, I mean, I, I feel like I've done where you have a, a piece of garlic bread, you put spaghetti on top, and then you fold it, and then you eat it, but I Hot haven't gone full sandwich mode with it. Oh, you gotta. Yeah, and I will. <laughs> Max, you think I won't? Give her time. Max, you come into my podcast and you think I won't try garlic right. bread, spaghetti, garlic bread? Sorry. Now I'm going to listen to future episodes and I'm just going to comment. Did you do it yet? Did you do the thing yet? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and rate us five stars and comment that while you're at it. I absolutely will. Please like, subscribe. This this episode's crushing. <laughs> this episode alone is will warrant a five-star rating. So, I'm sold. Not just because I'm on it. While I am incredibly funny. Mm. It's not truly, but sure. It's not about you, you know. It's about the atmosphere that we create here at Academia. It was really because we talked about Aunt mm-hmm. Polly, and someone finally <laughs> asked me about legs of a table. Aww. That's right. He's a simple man. Won't kill cockroaches. I, needs to know about legs of tables. I am such a simple boy. I'll, I'm one of the simplest lads <laughs> you will literally ever meet in your entire life. And I've been telling people that, and they think I'm being mean. But it's true. I tell people I'm very open about my simplicity. <laughs> Two uh, things mm-hmm. in life: air, water, show. Simple for a sandwich, horrible. Yes. Simple for a person, amazing. And that's the tagline. Love. Yeah, that's just the description. <laughs> I think <laughs> other food combos. Uh, sorry, I was just thinking about like, um, spaghetti sandwich, mm-hmm. um, uh, burger, shake, crab rangoon, and um, orange chicken. Like these are things I will. I like a combo. I do not. I will not go anywhere for a single single dish. It has to change my life, unless. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So I I agree with you. I I, I eat for energy and not for 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 indulgence. Let, let me. Oh, it's a chocolate cake. Oh, always. Dessert. Dessert stands on its own. It's its own. Uh, that's that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. Actually, we do have an episode hierarchy of desserts with Eric Greenbaum. Oh, really? what was his? What did he say? Is number one? Do you remember? Ice cream? Was it pie? All right. <laughs> I think it was pie, Alexi. Okay. I love both. I would. 
You know, I think an under, so, uh, I love chocolate chip cookies, but I will say s'mores underrated dessert. Huh? Yeah. Well, it's cause they're rare. You're yeah. not encountering them. But you can make them at home. Often. You just, you just plug it in like your microwave. Totally. Air fryer could probably pull it off. Post saying s'mores are rare is like a Pokemon. Like saying that you have to go find, like that's the. <laughs> you do. Cause you got to gather like people just. They're the Charizard of desserts. You know, Pokemon names. <laughs> I think I know that one. A woman after my own heart. <laughs> Let me ask you guys. Uh, s'mores? Sandwich. I'll say that. Oh, it's it's all, look, it's all connected. Well, okay. That's an open face. Sand- oh, wait. Oh, my God. No, it's closed. Sorry. I just had to. I, I realized that I was an idiot for a second. Yeah, to- no. You could have, You could if you run out of graham cracker. Yeah. It's an open face sandwich. Then it's an open face sandwich. And that's a fate worse than death. Yeah. If you only have one. Running out of graham crackers? Yeah. That's the point. Wait, what were you going to say, Max? Uh, I was going to ask you, it's kind of a tangent from s'mores and dessert, but I'm just curious um, of, for each of you, what's the best meal you've ever had? Oh my God. I'm so glad you asked. Because <laughs> the best meal I've had, and I've been chasing this high, literally came from like an open air market food stand in Copenhagen called Grod. G-R-O with an umlaut. Or not an umlaut, whatever the O is that has a slash through it. G-R-O-D. And it was literally a beetroot risotto with fresh goat cheese and thyme. Mm -hmm. And it was the most like dynamic, fulfilling meal I've ever had. And kickstarted my love of beets. Whoa. Yeah. I was not so exposed to beets before I had that meal and then afterwards I've been like just so chasing the high of that meal that I've tried like beet pasta where I'll make like a beetroot sauce with again like goat cheese and beets and like pasta water and good stuff and eat beets just like normally I I'm a beet girl Mm. Mm -hmm. I was in Copenhagen for like a week and I went and had growth two or three times oh that's the best thing about it was vacations. so good. it's like when you find a spot that's like oh my gosh i have to keep having this before i leave that mm-hmm. is like a yes. treasured experience I, I i feel that like when you first asked that i was like i have no idea and then my second thought was um any meal that i have after like being super hungry all day I think is the best meal that I've ever had because I'm like, ah, food, I'm savoring it. (laughs) I'm like watching TV while eating it. Um, It's really about the experience. Oh, watching TV while eating is religious. I know. So I took a class in college that was like um, distracted eating is eating like your TV on or you're reading a book or you're talking to somebody or like doing anything other than just eating is distracted eating. And you should probably be like intentional about eating anytime that you do it. And I was like, that's, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Eating is all about that's the experience. some eating disorder rhetoric right there. Yeah, think- that's like close your eyes and eat a piece of broccoli and imagine it's chocolate. Literally, fuck off. I was I like, the most enriching experience about eating is the atmosphere that I'm eating in. Um, Lit, and now you've said it, <laughs> <laughs> and now you've done it. So yeah, I would say that. And then there's also this restaurant back home called El Paraíso, and they have this seafood mm-hmm. enchilada that I get every time I go home because it is like smothered in queso and has like crab and shrimp and 
I don't even know what else in it, but it's so delicious. Um, and I have it with like rice and beans and uh, chips and queso often. And it's the bomb.com. Sounds so good. It is. Max, what's your favorite meal you've ever had? Um, I'll go back. I already mentioned it, but just a sandwich from my favorite sandwich shop in Atlanta. If I had a one last meal, a dying meal, I've had a lot of great meals in my life. Amazing meals, amazing Mm -hmm. experiences. Um, but if I were to pick one thing to eat forever, be a Baldino's, uh, sandwich. Easy. That's fair. When you did ask that question, I was thinking like extremists, like if I was being killed tomorrow and I knew I was being killed, what was the last meal that I would eat? (laughs) Totally. Food is, food is so important. It's such an experience. Uh, we all, yes. like, like, it's just such a vital thing. Food is such an important thing to me. I love to do it. I love food. I love eating, mm-hmm. experiencing all different types of food all over. It's the best. When I was in grad school, our classes were all from 5.45 to 9 p.m. And because of that, I was robbed of the routine of dinner. Mm-hmm. And grad school was hard for a lot of different reasons, but that was one of the like most difficult things to work through is I didn't realize how much the practice of making dinner and eating dinner meant to me mm-hmm. until I didn't have it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I guess like, I, so Max, I'll ask you, are you someone who cooks and bakes a lot or are you someone who eats out mostly? Um, I would say if I were to break it down, it's probably like 75% Eat maybe less seventy percent eating out, thirty percent eating in. I would say, yeah. uh, but it's just one of my things where like because I'm not spending money on things, like all of my spending money goes to food. That's so interesting. Totally. Yeah, because I just don't. buy today I bought new clothes for the first time in I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> oh my god! Like, it, was, it was a big deal. It was a big Aww, deal. Congratulations. Thank you. Huge. On your threshold. Yeah, I know. I was like, I don't know. What am I doing? I went to The Gap. Shout out The Gap. Can we take a moment? And- Shout out The Gap. They are life-saving. There's only one left in the Chicago. Another thing that I can't believe it's taken 39 episodes for us to get to. <laughs> I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah. They're the best. Oh, my God. Wait. Sorry. Can I, can I derail us for like three seconds? Totally parallel with the gap mm-hmm. i had to go make a return at old navy yesterday that's what i was gonna say. and i went to yes well first of all old navy culture is my culture <laughs> i will harbor no old navy slander <laughs> i think currently i'm wearing head to toe old navy yes <laughs> we live laugh love but because i had to go make my return in person i had to go to the burbank mall and for those who are unfamiliar with northern la burbank is sort of a commercial paradise there's like it's like Max and Irma vibes and there's a Ashley home furniture and a a mall that like, it seems destitute. Right. I walked into this mall and there were so many people in the food court at 4 PM on a Wednesday. I, I was blown away because to get to the food court sort of from where I parked in the parking garage to the old Navy, I had to walk through a Macy's that was entirely empty. So to hear a light trill of Justin Timberlake playing on a short circuiting PA, the only other noise is like the chatter of the two people working in this entire multi-floor Macy's (laughs) and then my feet it was 
haunting (laughs) to then step into a food court full of humanity i was blown away well everyone's on their lunch break at 4 p.m yeah apparently i love to do uh sample runs at mall food courts oh my god did you ever do that when i was like no tell me more younger yeah yeah you just go and there's the people they're always sampling the chicken yeah, oh, the chickens all—they <laughs> have chicken gallons and gallons of tubs of chicken back in in the kitchen because they always have samples of chicken. But you just go, you go through, and then you're like, "Oh, thank you." And then you have to like look and pretend like, "Am I gonna get this for lunch?" You're not buying anything. You're not buying. You're not buying a single thing. Uh, you're like, oh, do I want it? No. You go to the next stall. Go, and then if you're brave enough, yeah. You, but the performance, the performance of being like, "Ooh, maybe." Yeah. Oh, like and, it's and divine. Then, and then it's almost encouraging them to 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 you know beef up the recipe, where <laughs> you're showing them like the chicken yes. was good, but was it great? Nah, I don't know. It didn't keep me around. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I would say the smell of an old navy is unmatched. I don't know if all of them have yes. the same smell, but the one in my hometown would keep me coming back. And they have like it's like plastic and delusion. Yeah, but also like a little summary every time, no matter what time of year. Oh. I guess the, it might be the plug-in for the one in my in my hometown. <laughs> like it smells really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they always have little cute finds that I wasn't expecting. I get some cute summer dresses from Old Navy, and I always I just don't expect it. It's not like Forever Twenty One or H and M where you're always finding like new trendy things. It's like a timeless piece in Old Navy. Uh, a basic, if you will. Mm-hmm. Old Navy's a dark horse. I'm gonna I'm gonna go look for clothes there. Yes, I think it's up your alley, Max. If you're thriving at a gap. True. I've never thought about Old Navy. They're owned by the same. Sounds like a rotating. They're cousins. Why? I did not know that. It's like Sam's Club and Walmart. Yeah. Wow. Okay, this is huge for me. This actually, <laughs> that was, this is fantastic news. <laughs> Quite literally. And that's why Max comes on the podcast. <laughs> you don't know how many people I'm literally about to text to be like, guys, I'm going to Old Navy. I'm an old Navy boy now. But I have something to say. I'm going to old Navy. Yeah. Gap I'm going blue. to old Navy. Gap feel blue. the rain on your skin. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be the poster boy you. for old Navy. <laughs> Head to toe. Well, I don't think there's much left to say. Yeah. I think, I think <laughs> that's the thesis statement. We bring people to this podcast to turn them into old Navy boys and girls. <laughs> And they, yeah. <laughs> like, Lucy. <laughs> well, that that brings us to our final segment. <laughs> this is this is the valedictorian. <laughs> this is the valedictorian. Max, Max, were you a valedictorian of any student body? Uh, absolutely not. Oh, but I did go off. King. I did win the principal's cup. And so I got that? to go up on the stage. No, what yeah. Harry Potter shit is that? Yeah, what what the kids kids is? It's just uh, the, so when I was in high school, um, I used to do these at like orientation, um, and mm-hmm. like, um, assemblies throughout the year. I used to impersonate our principal. I would dress up like him and, and do these like sketches I would write oh where I would just God. absolutely flame him. And he loved it. He loved it. <laughs> So much. And he had a goatee. So I used to take like mascara and paint the goatee uh-huh. on my face. Like it, Max, it, he loved it. You were a um, cool jester. Yeah. I know. Yeah, probably. I love he hearing the ways that our like comedian friends manifested 
performing as children. Like, I think it's so beautiful the ways we found access to performance. Like, this is stunning to me. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. So at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. there was the Principal's Cup, and it was his award, and he gave it – I don't remember what the criteria was, but I was at graduation. I didn't expect to win – and like I didn't know that there was this was even a thing, and he was like, "You yeah. win the principal's cup," and I was like, "Oh, sick! Let's go!" And all my friends were like, what "The hell is that? <laughs> what does it mean?" Uh, he made it just for you, Max. Quite it didn't it's an, exist. It's an actual like trophy cup, and I went up on stage. I got it. I so remember. This is so embarrassing. I remember lifting it up in the air like I had just won the world cup. Oh. <laughs> like I was like, "Yeah." And my friends were like, all right, cool. cool. I don't know. I don't know how to react to this. And then I went and I sat down. And I didn't give, I like, that was it. I wasn't valedictorian. I wasn't salutatorian. Salutatorian? Salutarian? What is it? What's second place? Yeah. Pescatarian. Pesc- oh, yeah. It's that. It's pescatarian. So I didn't do any of that. Uh, so I didn't give a speech or anything. And th- that was it. But I have that. It's at home somewhere. <laughs> shining wow. on, your, well, on your bed. We're going to need pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, I gotta find it. Actually, I know exactly where it is. Yeah. Why, why do I lie to you? I know where it is. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Please. Well, okay, so strike this. Our last segment is not the valedictorian speech. Mm. It's the podcaster's cup. Mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment and celebrate, honor, appreciate all the intellect that has gotten us here to this moment. Yes. Alexi, do you have anything? Yes. All right, take it away. The floor is yours. Runners to your mark. Mm. Soccer players to the pitch. Baseball players to the out in field and dugout. Cars to your beginning line. Podcasters to your mic. We, class of 2023, are here. We have stepped up to the metaphorical and physical plate, pitch, microphone to seize the opportunities in front of us. Sure, we make fun of things. Sure, we we embody the very spirits that we are worried about. Um, sure, we eat different assortments of mayonnaise and call it different things, but... Whether a hot dog be a sandwich, whether a sandwich be hot or cold, whether we like it or not, we are here today Mm. and we did it. We have prepared ourselves for this moment and from here on out, we're going to go, baby. All the training we've done is going to pay off. So get ready, get set, seize the day. Thank you, everyone. Brilliant. Beautiful. All right. I'm ready. Class of 2023, come with me. Step into the cozy ambiance of a cafe, of a deli, of a little sandwich shop. Sit with me at a rickety picnic table for two, where it's a little bit off balance and every time you try to cross your legs, you're completely thrown, but you're there sitting across from another person and that's what matters. Indulge with me as we unwrap a sandwich cover in deli paper. (laughs) Laugh with me 
as we joke about, are you going to eat that pickle? (laughs) No, I'll eat your pickle. I got salt and vinegar chips and you got barbecue. Do you want to try one of mine for one of yours? That's right, class of 2023. I'm talking about the divine experience of eating a sandwich. As you step out into this world, you'll encounter many things, some sandwiches, some not. But you can always find your way back to that cute, cozy little deli cafe that is life. Thank you! So good, yes. I was like, isn't this the romantic tension of eating out with a friend for the first time? (laughs) Share chips? Oh, and nothing is hornier. (laughs) Oh, stunning. All right, Max, the time has come. Yes. The floor is yours. Yes. Uh, Class of 2023, Lucy, Alexi, Kate, the editor who's been here the whole time muted in her microphone. (laughs) Also muted camera. can't see her. I just imagine she's been laughing this entire time. I want to first of all say you're welcome that I had the highest GPA of this entire graduating class. <laughs> they said it was impossible to have a 6.3, but I, whoa, yes, I did that. I took eight, 80 AP classes. It was huge. Um, I want to talk today about life because I think at the end of the day, mm. life is all about who we spend it with. And I want to spend it eating with people because that's the best way to spend time with others. I don't want to spend it going outside. I don't want to spend it watching Ant Bully. (laughs) Maybe once. Maybe we can watch it once. After that, we've we've covered it. Yeah. Maybe I'll read the Wikipedia summary of it. Maybe we don't even have to watch it. We'll just read the Wikipedia summary of the plot. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, class. I got distracted thinking about it. <laughs> Let's all come to my place after graduation. We'll all order food, our favorite types of food, and we'll sit and we'll reminisce because oh. we've had some great memories together. And now we're all graduating, and I will never see any of you ever again. <laughs> I'm going to outer space. I was so smart. They're sending me straight to Mars. Are you jealous? Yeah. I bet you are. Now, <laughs> this is goodbye. And then I get I fade to dust because in this universe of this valedictorian speech, it takes place at the end of Avengers: Infinity War. And so I've been Thanos, oh. and so half the crowd disappears, and it's panic and. <laughs> And then years and years later, I'm back and I, I reappear and I'm in an auditorium just empty. Well, I guess with half the people who were snapped away. And we're mm-hmm. like, ah, where? Where are you? And, and they're like, Max, the last thing we remember is your incredible speech. Let's go get food. <laughs> and then we all leave our graduation gowns confused, the same yeah. age, and so, so hungry. Oh, Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Fade to black. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Max, has anybody ever told you you sound a little bit like Matthew Broderick in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I have, yes. Been, <laughs> I have been, <laughs> been told that. Recently, I got told I look like Adam Devine. That that was my my newest oh. you look slash sound like person. Um, 
I don't know. I can kind of see it. I don't. I I don't know how how to feel about it, but I appreciate that. That is a high compliment. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. In the middle of your speech, I was transported, and I was like, "Wait, ding, ding, ding!" This guy skips school. This guy commits truancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Max, thank you so much for being here. This was lovely. Thank you both for having me. This was so much fun. We learned so much about each other. Yes. Um, I love that. Yes. It's been a joy and a half. Uh, before we let you go, where can people find you on social? Do you have anything you want to plug? What's coming up for you? Totally. Well, if you are in the Chicago area, um, I have a sketch show coming up at the Annoyance Theater uh, opening September 11th. Ooh. They're running for four weeks, four weeks on Monday at 9 p.m. called Dr. Mister's Hidden Hospital. It's going to be so much fun. Um, and then me and Alexi have a sketch show coming up in October, in the 13th, October 13th. Um, and that will be super, super fun. So we got that going on. And then on Instagram, you can follow me at Max Cantor 4, M A X K A N T O R, and then the number four. And then we can message and talk about Perfect. all your favorite sandwiches and foods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the ideal way to interact with somebody honestly it's on all my dating profiles that i that sandwiches yeah food and Aww. you'd be surprised how many people like to reply to that <laughs> about the food interesting uh -huh. oh yeah and to be like what type of sandwich here's my favorite type of sandwich and i'm like so cool and then they're like that's all and i'm like okay <laughs> we could go on a date huh. no that's all yep, no, just wondering <laughs> do you want to go get a sandwich together no. <laughs> yep nope no, I'm okay. No. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe it's because I also say I sleep in socks on my dating profile, which I have no shame in admitting. And scientifically, you dream better with socks on while you sleep. That's just How a fact. Do they? I just want to say that. All right, we'll bring you back next time. That's yeah. your follow-up episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping with socks is it needs a whole other hour and a half. Just saying. <laughs> Just <laughs> well, with that, the only thing left to say is, Alexi, I love you. Lucy, I love you. Bye. Bye.